Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive. Deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going. Going. The big leagues. Going. Going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye! He has done it! He has changed the game of the night with one swing of his bats. Now, here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang! Zoom! Go the fireworks! The fan. Welcome into the hot corner. For it must be a Wednesday, as it's always a Wednesday. A special Wednesday we have today, as it is our mid-season report card, all-star break, whatever you want to call it, and we are joined by the world-famous, mighty Washington State alumni, John Sucani. What's up, gentlemen? World-famous indeed. Well, I don't know about world-famous. I Look, my brother, I call my brother a minor regional celebrity. Okay. So whatever is about three notches down from that is probably me. So I don't, I think that's not world-famous, but... Minor regional celebrity and then go down three notches. And I would say that there are some people in the vicinity that know who I am. Are you an occasionally recognizable metropolitan person? Yes, we'll go with that. Occasionally <laughs> recognized metropolitan person. That's why I said person. Yeah, well, personality. The, the we'll re- go with that. The reason I called you world famous is because if you walked through the airport in Dubai in a Washington State t-shirt, someone would probably say go Cougs. Well, that's the man. You know this as well as anybody. That's the magic of being That's a the magic, yeah. Is that if Your you, brother walks through in a BYU shirt, and nobody's saying Nobody anything. cares. No, nobody yeah, cares. Nobody cares. But if you walk around the, the world and you're sporting the crimson and the gray, uh, you'll get a go Cougs. And the proper response to a go Coug is go Coug. Exactly. And that's you, what you do. And if you don't, you're dead to me. Yeah, if you don't reply with a Goku, then you I like you how you know. stared daggers into my eyes as you said that. If you don't do that, you're dead to me. I just want you to know, Mike. That's we the take proper it real serious. response. Anything else, and we know you're kind of a, yeah, you're not a true Coog. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not a Coog, though. <laughs> I know, but you should still reply with a Goku. And, I, I and, normally, sh- and you should be adopted by us into Wazoo Nation. I nor- I normally do respond that way, or every once in a while, I'll just drop a Goku's on Patrick. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I, I have no dog in the fight in the Pac-12. It's probably literally. the best. It's probably so. the best way to cheer me up too. If I'm like down, you're just like, hey man, you all right? Go Cougs. I'm like, woof. Hey, you're right, man. <laughs> you all right? 
You got guys on your fantasy team dying? It's okay. Go, go Cougs. Clay Thompson just tore his ACL. Right. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. <laughs> but it is a pleasure to be here with you guys. Thank you for having me again. I can't believe we're already halfway through the baseball season. I, I can see- believe it, but boy, am I enjoying this year. I yeah. really am. Well... I'm glad. Good for you, you, Mike. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. I feel I feel like we I feel like you people say this every year. Man, the year is really flying by. Oh, it's already July. Blah. This year in baseball, I feel like we have really, really moved forward quickly. I think so. I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, there are teams that are good and there are teams that are not good. And that's kind of it. Yeah, there's a lot of teams that are really bad. It's a pretty clear line. And so it's easy to just kind of like, you know, there's probably only two, three games on a day that are like worth a D watching, you know? That is weird to say that, but I guess you're right. I mean, and I say this not just as a Yankee fan. I really have just enjoyed watching baseball this year. And that's why I kind of went on that whole Mm -hmm. to-do about the Ken Rosenthal article the other show is that I don't feel the same way he does at all. In fact, I'm enjoying baseball more than I ever have. So even even games with teams that are maybe not doing very well, I still enjoy watching because it's baseball, and I like baseball. Yeah, well, there's, you know, and we'll get into this throughout the entire show, but there's just a lot of great things about this season that have kind of come to fruition that almost shed a whole new light. I feel like, I feel like for the last three or four years, we've kind of seen, you know, some guys emerge, but nothing really exciting. And now we're seeing this potential birth of a whole brand new generation of baseball and it starts with all the young guys we talked about a couple weeks ago you know the pete alonzos the vladdy juniors the tatis juniors you know that whole crowd the austin riley's like there's so much plethora of youth that you're kind of like oh man here we go and it feels like at least at least for me it feels more than ever you know every year you get these oh look for this guy look for this guy it to me i don't know how you guys feel it feels like this last crop of guys that those six seven guys you named plus a couple have all by and large come up and done well mm-hmm. right away, right out of yep. the gate. And they're continuing to, we yeah. haven't really seen anybody fall off. Right. And, and you, you take that excitement and you combine my brother and I were talking the other day, um, just about when the all-star, uh, when the all-star rosters were announced, there were a lot of young guys on both squads, a lot of guys making their first and second appearance. And so, uh, I don't know that it's a full on youth movement, but I guess, as the game, Patrick and I were talking about Cano and guys like that, as the game kind of transitions away from guys like Cano and we move into this next generation of the younger talent, um, that's good for the game and it's good for baseball. And despite the fact that there are a lot of teams that probably aren't competitive right now, you could argue there's some teams that just aren't trying. Um, it's, <clears> it Baltimore. is <laughs> Mariners. It is, uh, <laughs> it's good for baseball by and large because we have this influx of young talent coming in and uh, kind of ushering in this new wave. Well, and it shows that the route that the bad teams are taking is this is the successful route. It's the correct route because teams that have taken that route in the past have these young guys coming up who they were able to acquire because they were not very good and they're working. Right, the Orioles just drafted Adley Rutschman number one overall, and hopefully in a year or two he'll have next year's number one pick too. Right, he'll come up and make a huge impact for them and be a great player, and all of a sudden the Orioles are on the come up and they're going to be back in the playoff conversation. Sometimes it just takes being bad for a couple of years to get back on track again. Well, it's, it's the new currency of the game, right? I mean, you guys, you, you know, you go back to, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, prospects were used for what? They were used to get veterans at mm-hmm. the trade deadline. You know, you trade all your prospects and get veterans. Yep. And, and 
sabermetrics or whatever you have it, the game has changed now where those veterans at the deadline aren't as valued anymore. What you want is young. What's the phrase you always hear? Cost controlled, right? Mm -hmm. How much year? How many years of team control? Yep, not coming up until April twenty fifth, something right. like that. And so it's it's cost controlled guys and this young talent. That's what's valued, and it's really the push behind why teams like Seattle did what they did this year is for Mariner fans. We had nobody like that, none, and they took a step back and kind of reloaded the system. And now this year. For the first time in a long time, for me, I'm watching the Major League Mariners with one eye, but I'm keeping track of what's going on at single A, what's going on at double A, because these young guys they have rising up through the system, almost exciting, almost as exciting as what you're getting every night on Root Sports. Yeah, and we'll finish this thought before we dive into Mariners as well, because I want to start there for the show. Uh, we haven't really seen a team fail at this yet. I think that's what's interesting because there are teams that still stay bad, okay? Like the Mets are still bad, okay? But they have made poor choices in the front office. They just took the Robbie Cano contract. Yeah, and exactly. <laughs> and and they're an absolute dumpster fire in the clubhouse they right now, too. They also hate Edwin Diaz, by the way. But, well, he's not good right now. But, you know, <laughs> but, but Atlanta did it, and it's working. Houston, obviously, is the case in point. Oakland does it every year. Cubs did it. For Cubs a while. did it. Yeah, we're seeing, you know, and you know, Baltimore could be the one unless somebody makes bonehead moves, which I don't see them doing. Toronto. Toronto as well. They've got some excitement. They're fun to watch. They might not be good, but they're fun to watch. I mean, let's let's be fair here. The the team that could screw this up is the Mariners. The Mariners can't get out of their own way. So if this works for them, then we, I'm I believe you. I'm all on. I'm all in. Um, that still remains to be seen, but. It, I, I'll tell you what, it is encouraging to sit here and listen to you guys rattle off those teams that have kind of done it and it's worked or working because it gives me hope as a Mariner fan that maybe this was the right thing to do and the right time to do it. Well, because if you think about it, if you look at baseball standings right now, there's not a lot of teams that are just perennially bad. There's not a lot of them left. Mm -hmm. uh, you could say the Marlins are one, right? Um there's honestly outside of that, like the Orioles were good just a couple of years ago. The Blue Jays were good just a couple of years ago. I guess you could say the Mariners, but even you guys were in the playoff hunt a couple of years ago as they've well. Had, so they've had some good teams. There's not really any of those doormat teams anymore because everyone's kind of figuring out how to make runs. I mean, yeah, you'll go through ups and downs. Like the Royals obviously had a huge peak and now they're kind of back to sucking again. But I was just thinking about the Padres. They're close to 500. Machado's hitting well for them. They signed Manny Machado. Sure. So teams are no longer getting stuck in the basement for eternity. It, it, it appears as if they're learning or it's easier to get into the conversation. Well, you have it almost rather than teams that contend and not contend, you kind of have the, the new phrase, teams that are in that championship window or that contending yeah. window and teams that are building towards that. And I wonder if going forward 10, 20 years um, – you know, I wonder if we're going to see teams come and go from that cycle. You know, they enter, like, say this works for the Mariners, and two years from now they contend. Maybe that window's open for four years, and then it doesn't work, or it works. And then you see them cycle out and do this again. And I wonder if, if you know, guys like us will be sitting here uh, doing preseason shows, and we'll be like, all right, what cycle is this team in? Well, they're, yeah. not, they're not contending this year. They're mm -hmm. going to build. They're going to do that. Kind of the new part of the game i mean and who knows and i'll just finish up with this real quick uh what if we start seeing more minor league games on tv just because of that to see the future locally at least oh i, think, I don't know could I be think something interesting no i think it'll happen i think you're seeing it already there's 
it is easier for me today to follow the Mariners minor league squads than it's ever been. And I think that's only going to increase as this uh, rolls through baseball. Do you well, get a minor league baseball network right next to the MLB network? Yeah, you right. Can flip back and forth. Yeah, right. You're going to get it. Why yeah. not? Yeah. I, I follow Mariner writers right now that are like, look, the game's not on tonight or they played on the East Coast, so it's over. Flip over to this internet channel and you can watch the the West Virginia single A squad and and watch uh, you know prospects for the Mariners and uh, I think that's only going to get uh, more prevalent. That's pretty cool. All right, let's let's get into the Mariners and kind of how we've seen this season shake out. You can hit up the better you today text line 55305 uh and that will let you interact without through with us throughout the show. Big John in the house and we'll do some Mariner heavy Mariner heavy in the first hour and get to the rest in the second. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 the Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. 720 here on Portland Sports Leader. Don't you forget it. We're joined by Big John Sukanik as we are every year, three times a year. This is time number two. I think this one's my favorite. I like the midseason. The midpoint? I'll be honest, I'm thrown off a little because we're a week early. Yeah, we are a week Usually early. Usually we go Do it like as the game's the on or after game. the game. Yeah. It's it would be the day after the All-Star game. I Usually mean. it's the day yeah. after the yeah. All-Star game, and it, th- it throw me off a little bit. Plus, it costs you guys Cracker Jacks because I usually bring you guys the leftover Cracker Jacks from my All-Star oh, party. Oh, that's true. This is Mike's fault. And Out I of nowhere, it. Mike has friends and has to go do stuff I next know, week. Mike. Come on. <laughs> Throwing. Can we do I have it to go. Early? Look, John, you understand. I, have to I pick don't have people friends. Up I'm free. I have to go to the airport. And... This is the equivalent as of John learned, calling the All-Star game a tie. That's yeah, what Mike's right. done here. And yeah. as John learned just a couple weeks ago, going to the airport on time is very important. Very important. <laughs> I, very. Did, I did hear about that. Uh, it's, it wasn't good. I I'm just now digging myself out of the doghouse. I, I don't catch uh, Primetime's Club Hour yeah. very often. Yeah, uh, that. I caught that one. Yeah. Just the random like, oh, I'll just drive. Turn, do, 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 do. Yeah, as well Uh-oh. you should. It's not good to fall asleep. <laughs> And leave your wife at the airport at 1.30 uh, in the morning. That's not good. <laughs> that's not a good play. Uh, speaking of not good, sorry, uh, we want to dive into, uh, I guess, our local moment, one of our big reasons why we do bring you in here. Checking in on the Mariners as we are halfway through the season. There is a few games left. Before the break, Mariners currently sitting 38-51, and 51, 17 and a half back from the Houston Astros. But that's not what we're here for, no. right? I think uh, – we can talk as much as you want about the exciting beginning of the season, the home runs left and right. The it's not the, talking about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> there was some thought like, uh-oh, is this, Mike and I talked about it at length multiple times. Is this a bad thing? Is this a bad thing? I thought we were trying to rebuild. If we get to the trade deadline, are we trading guys? Like, what's going on? Right. Mariners quickly come back down to earth, and we see this rebuild project for what it actually is. And so A hard rebuild. A hard rebuild. I would say... As somebody that doesn't watch a lot of Mariners these days, John, fill me in. How are we looking? Well, it's been interesting because, again, that that 13, you have to pay attention to 13 and 2. and But it did kind of throw everything off. I think uh, they've been very open about what they're doing. They've been very clear about the plan. And I think uh, the fans, speaking through my Mariner-colored glasses, we were prepared for this season and what it was going to be. And then 13 and two happens and it kind of throws everything out of whack. And it took about a month to sort of recalibrate, uh, 
your vision and your expectations and, and everything. I will uh, give you credit. In the 13-2, and two, you were one of the ones who said, look, this is great, but let's be honest here. This right. is probably not going to last. Right, and, and that's just, I mean, cast of characters. You look at, you look at how they built this team. It's placeholders, uh, not a lot of resources spent, nothing spent on the bullpen. And you guys know as well as I do, in today's game, you have to have a bullpen. And Kyle Seager. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle Seager's devastating injury, unfortunately. He didn't get to play for a while. Um, but I think I think as we sit here moving forward, I think it's I think it's become interesting to watch them because you watch them now with sort of out of both sides of your face. You watch you watch guys that you kind of think, okay, this guy's gonna be a part of it. This guy's going to be a part of the team moving forward. Uh, and that's like, you know, J.P. Crawford. You know, when you watch J.P. Crawford, you know the Mariners are like, this is going to be our guy going forward. Vogelbach's got a little bit of this. Domingo Santana's got a little bit of this. And then out of the other side, you got guys that you know are just placeholders. Encarnacion was a placeholder. He's gone now. Jay Bruce, gone now. Beckham last night hit the game-winning home run. Um, you know, he's not going to be a part of it. Seager's not going to be a part of it going forward. So it's kind of interesting to watch this team play, and you almost have to pick and choose, uh, you know, who is going to be a part of this thing moving forward, who is not going to be, and then you kind of fill in the blanks with, well, maybe this guy coming up or this guy, or maybe they can go get this guy. Uh, so it's it's kind of an interesting season to watch the Mariners because you're not just watching them as a whole team. You've kind of have to divide them up in your mind and watch watch like that, almost like a buffet. It's kind of something I've never experienced before. It was hard for me to do for a while, but I've sort of settled into that groove now where I'm used to it. Um, so I, it's okay. Do you trust Jerry Depoto? No, I don't. Because he's been really good and really bad all at the same time. Right. And I don't. I was one who didn't like the hire originally. No, you and I. In fact, you and I kind of. We didn't go at it, but you were you were kind of anti. We differed on it, yeah. yeah. And you know, he just didn't have a Mike, history. Mike hates Depoto. Let's just be fair. <laughs> well, here. he has a history of making terrible. Mike trades. only believes sure. in one GM in the history of baseball. Brian Cash God, yes. <laughs> uh, he's not a man; he's a god. Cash God. Understand? Um, but he's, the, he's managing the team real well this year too. Oh, shut up! Aaron Boone's doing a good job. Um, the do Bear you trust poke. him because he's done some good things? And then he's done a lot of things e intermixed where it just doesn't make any sense. It feels like everything he does has no plan. There, There's a lot of that. Here, here's where I will hedge my bet a little is everything he he's made good trades. He's made bad trades. He's made a ton of trades. Just the volume that he makes, you know, some of those by definition are going to work out. Some aren't. And some go back and forth. The Cattell Marte. Uh, Hanniger trade seems to be swinging back and forth. This is like the third reiteration of right. seems to be on Arizona's side again. Here's where I'll hedge my bet on Depoto. I, I don't think his track record's great. I don't necessarily trust him, but this is the first time ever in his career we've seen him do this. This That's... is the this is the first time he's ever done a total rebuild down to the studs, total rebuild. And I'll and I'll say this: at least it's a plan. The Mariner regimes of the past have never had a plan. They seem to be halfway on the fence. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to compete. This, blah, blah, blah. DePoto has a plan, and his legacy is going to sink and die with it. So do I trust him? Eh. But this is the first time he's ever had total control of an entire organization, and 
we will see how it plays out. And right now it's mixed reviews, but I don't think we're going to know uh, for two or three seasons. So if his plan was to tear it down to the studs, why did he do what he did in the beginning of the season where, yeah, he got rid of some of the top players, quote-unquote, but then he brought in guys like Encarnacion and, and other guys who felt like good players that didn't fit tearing a team down. I think I think he got caught, and it's actually kind of smart. Uh, I think he got caught in the middle in that, and we talked about this uh, at the, the first show that I came in here with you guys. The Mariners didn't have a lot of big-name guys to go trade. They had Paxton and Diaz and some of those guys. But even look at Diaz. Diaz had to get packaged with the guy to get rid of Cano's contract. So the Mariners didn't have a lot of marquee talent that was going to generate a lot back unless you took back some of these other teams' broken pieces, Encarnacion being one of them. And so I think he knew all along he was going to have to take some of these guys. And then the plan was... Hopefully he could play them and then flip them for either something better or salary relief as we go. And we're starting to see that. Jay Bruce is gone. Encarnacion is gone. So I think this plan all along is a two-year plan. I think we're just in the first half of it right now. I think this next offseason, we're going to see not necessarily guys going. I think we're going to start to see guys coming, uh, being brought in that might fit the bill for this future 21 and 22 going forward. Um so I, I don't know, I'm to kind of go long way around, I think to answer your question, Mike, I don't think he would have wanted to do it that way. I think he had to do it that way, just given the uh, the kind of talent he had on the Mariners to get rid of. Well, on that note, I want to see, because I think I think this could be what DePoto's made for. I think this could be the chance, the full rebuild. We haven't seen it. John's right. We're going to live and die by this. But I want to know from here, where do we go? Who are the things, who are the people we are looking for, and how do we see the rest of the season shake out? And we'll do that next. This is the hot corner. That is Big John in the house with Mike Lynch, Joe Fisher behind the glass, and this is 1080 The Fan. But first, there's Joe with sports. This is the hot corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven thirty-five here, down on the poop-filled Willamette, trying to see who these uh, two secret uh, contestants in the home run derby are. But you know, it's like a college football selection show here, so they're just taking their sweet time. They announced Christian Yelich as the one seed, talked about him. Announced Vlad Guerrero as the eight seed against him, talked about him, and are now talking to Christian Yelich live from a dugout. And, and that doesn't look live. Who are the Brewers playing right now? The Reds, apparently. As it says Cincinnati in the background. And it's daytime in Cincinnati. I'm going to go with this has been taped. Yes, absolutely. Filmed earlier. Filmed earlier. Why don't they say that? Well, because they're supposed to trick you. Like a hazy IPA, not labeled a hazy. Don't get me started on that. Beers on Us podcast did drop today. If you guys are interested, find that wherever you get your podcasts. I've... Felt like I blacked out for a minute and woke <laughs> up in the beers on us. <laughs> Wait, what? What just happened? Where are we? Excuse myself. Uh, we were talking with John about the Seattle Mariners and kind of like the future, but uh, I want to talk about kind of the now. Um, what, John? What are the the what are the highlights? Like, what are the things that I should be watching from the season from here on out? Like, am I going to get Justice Sheffield? Am I going to see any of the other young kids? aspire am i still watching jb crawford what are the things am i waiting for vogelbach to fall off what are 
What are the things I should be looking for? Well, I think you hit on a couple of the big ones right there. I think if we if we forecast it out, the the big young talent that they acquired is not coming this year. It's not ready. Yeah. Um, outside of Justice Sheffield, who we've seen come up, not do very well, go to AAA, be horrible, and now he's been sent down all the way to AA, and he's starting to pitch better. He took a no-hitter into the seventh the other night. He's had a couple of good starts. So uh, the, the thing is they're trying to rebuild some of his mechanics. So I think there's a chance we see him come back this year and make another shot um, at, at the big league roster. The guy, uh, One of the guys they got from the Mets – uh, in the Cano deal, uh, Dunn is a pitcher I think we could see uh, this year. Um, so those are guys on the pitching side to look look at. But I think you hit on uh, kind of the big ones. Is Vogelback going to fall off and become a, a piece of the future? Uh, that was in question going into this year. In fact, um, a lot of people inside the Mariners said this is kind of his last shot uh, to prove that he's a big league player. And he's obviously done that, uh, making the all-star team. And, and congratulations to him. J.P. Crawford was acquired to be the shortstop of the future. They've made no bones about it. Again, another guy that came up and struggled early. Got sent down, got injured. Since he's been recalled, he's looked really good. So I think that's a piece to watch. Um, another another player that I think could come up at the end of the year that I think is going to get the chance to win the first baseman job is one of DePoto's first draft choices, kid named Evan White. Uh, he's in double-A right now. He's a first baseman. Um really well thought of uh, in the Mariner system uh, kind of as a glove first first baseman guy but starting to put it together just ran through a 28 game hitting streak uh, down in double a so I think he'll come up towards the end of the year um, but it's kind of what we talked about earlier you almost have to separate those guys that you think are going to be a piece going forward and and those guys that aren't and you can kind of discard those other guys so as a Mariner fan watching going forward, those type of things. Is Vogelbach going to be here for the long haul? Is Crawford really going to entrench himself? Is Domingo Santana going to be a guy? What happens when Mitch Hanniger comes back? Mitch Hanniger is was thought of as a building Supposed block. Supposed to be the corner piece. For the future, he was having a bad year, and then he it got worse. So has he played himself out of the Mariners' future? Uh, so those type of things, I think, going forward in the second half of the season is are, are the things you need to kind of follow. There's got to be a part of you that's excited to watch this. Right. So a little bit to watch this homegrown. If this does yeah, work. I t- well, I, and I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I told Mike it, it took a little while to kind of recalibrate how you watch the baseball games. And I was a, I was a fan that I wanted him to contend. I want the playoff streak to end so badly that I kind of lived and died with every game. And it took a little while this season to recalibrate that. They're not going to compete. They're, they've openly said that. Uh, so you got to kind of watch it different. Like last night's game, awesome win against the Cardinals. That's fantastic. But – more exciting for me was that you had a kid that has come up in the bullpen, Austin Adams, who was a total cast off from the Nationals. And he's been the Mariners' best bullpen guy for the last three weeks. You think they could use him, the Nationals? Right? God, their bullpen sucks. <laughs> he's been awesome. And so he's really turned into a guy that's fun to watch. And so now going forward, is he a guy that the Mariners are going to keep and try to put in that bullpen? Or will they try to flip him at the deadline to get some more pieces? Uh, I don't know. So it's just a matter of retraining kind of how you watch the Mariners. I still enjoy watching them every night, but the wins and losses don't uh, – I don't live and die with the wins and losses as much as I have in seasons past. That's a healthy way to look at it. I mean, yeah. your brother was always talking about how worried he was about you this year because you knew they were going to be bad, and yet you cared so much about every loss. Well, you want – like last year, right? They were in contention through most of the year, and you want – at least as a Mariner fan, I want them so badly to make the playoffs. 
Playoff baseball is the best. And the Mariners have gone a long time without it. I desperately want that. And so you find yourself living and dying with what they're doing in August and September. And my brother's probably right. It's probably not healthy. So uh, maybe I can take, uh, maybe I can recoup a little through this season and probably next season uh, so that I can live and die with them again. You can add some years back maybe. that you've taken off. Put some credits in the bank. Yes, exactly. exactly. Well, I'm going to join you here in a couple of years if that doesn't. If that's okay, because you know when Bauer and Clevenger and Frankie all get traded, you know right? I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stuck with, you know I'll probably get Clint Frazier for Frankie Lindor and be like, woo, yeah, right? here we go again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, not I'm gonna, not too far away. I'm not gonna give anybody up for him. <laughs> I want to kill you. Right? <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and I mean I think I think that's that's kind of cool. Of all the people I know, well, I mean to be kind of fair, the Yankees did this. We just didn't know they were doing it. Right. Because they, they like, sucked, quote, unquote. They can almost do both at the same time because yeah. they have so much money. Exactly. That they had all these kids in the minor league system that they acquired through trades, and they were like, oh, we're not going to be good this year. Let's just secretly try but not really try. Right. But you are one of the only people I know that's a diehard baseball fan that is living in this now. And I'm almost kind of excited because my Indians aren't too far away. Like I was saying, you know, Bauer and – hand are getting dealt this year that's a white flag and we can still make the playoffs and we're already white flagging it so i'm almost excited about it. i mean no one's excited about losing but i'm almost excited to watch a rebuild i hope it in works in today's a, age a fresh start when rebuilds, your team feels dull is really exciting rebuilds yeah. in the old days were I, not fun i hope it works and and I, I we kind of alluded to it earlier there's a couple of young kids in the system coming up one is that kid they got from the mets last year uh kelnick yep jared kalenic i think yeah kalenic or kelnick however you say it and we have another guy, uh, Julio Rodriguez, is another young outfielder. These kids are 19 years old. Yeah. And they are, by all accounts, the next big thing to come up to Seattle. And it's been a long time since the Mariners have had that. I say this all the time. The last Mariner position player to make to be brought up in the system and make an all-star team, other than Kyle Seeger, you know who it was? It's got to be Alex. Alex A-Rod. Yeah. A-Rod. Think about how long. And that's what year do you make the all-star game? 97? Think about how long that is. Homegrown talent to make an all-star team. You Alex Rodriguez all the way to Kyle Seeger. That's hideous. That's rough. And so to have this, even if I got to wait two or three years for these guys to get here, and who knows if they'll pan out, but it looks good so far. It's exciting to have young talent to look forward to. Because Seattle hasn't had that for a long time. So you mentioned it, Patrick. I know we got a break here, but just and I and I said sometimes a fresh start is the best thing. So the year the Yankees did what you're talking about was 2016. Mm-hmm. They traded Chapman. They traded Andrew Miller. They were not really good enough to be in the hunt. They finished 84 and 78, but that was fourth place in the AL East that year. This is the team they had. That basically got Joe Girardi fired because he was let go after the 17. Yes, or not re-signed after not 17. re-signed. This is the this is the team they had that year. Brian McCann was the starting catcher. Mark Teixeira, Starling Castro, Didi was still there. Chase Headley, Brett Gardner, Jacoby Ellsbury, starting center fielder. Wow, he uh, played. He did. A Rod was there. Aaron Hicks was there for his first year, and I mean, Michael Pineda was there. Ivaldi was there. Ivan Nova. That team was not fun. They were old. They were boring. They kind of sucked. And it was sure they were in the hunt. They were over five hundred. Yankees are always going to be in the hunt, but. Getting that those trades and then having that fresh start the next year, knowing that in a month Glaber Torres is going to get called up and you've got this exciting guy named Clint Frazier in the minors 
And it kind of just rejuvenated me as a fan because it was just like, oh, my God, we're just – as a Yankee fan, you're just so average, mm-hmm. which is not what the Yankees need are, sure. are supposed to be. So sometimes that fresh start is really exciting, even though you don't know it's exciting. Right, and I think next year is when we start to see that kind of excitement build. These younger guys will be closer. I think, again, this offseason he brings in a piece or two. I think headed into next year is when we start to see kind of we've hit bottom – We've skidded out a little bit. We're going to start that climb up. Um, and I think we'll start to see hints of that going into this next season. And you're right. That will be exciting. All right. When we come back, I want to switch over to the league as a whole and kind of recap some things, see how things are in the future. And we'll start with uh, where the World Series picture is right now before we get into kind of some surprises and disappointments. We'll do all that next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Mid-season show as we're kind of, as we wrap up Mariners in the last few segments. If you missed any of that, there will be the Les Schwab Tires podcast. It's some really great stuff. I don't know if we've ever really dove into kind of minor leagues and future and, and building in the Mariners like we have. I mean, we obviously haven't seen a... Uh, a, a full teardown rebuild. So if you missed any of that, you can download that. But I want to kind of check in on this real quick, and not to get too much into it. We'll keep it a little light here. But outside of maybe Astros-Yankees versus Dodgers, is there anything else you guys think is World Series bound right now? Or is that kind of it? Well, it does feel like you're on a collision course for that. But the Twins haven't really lost a step. They keep hitting. They keep pitching. I, I like the Twins. I think I think you're going to go see them make some moves at the trading deadline, and that's going to tell their tale. They I mean, were they were in on both Keuchel and um, who was the other guy? Kimbrel. Kimbrel. Yes, thank you. Well, you were throwing didn't out. Didn't get him, but you were throwing out Patrick. You know, Brad Hand getting traded uh, during the commercial break. I think yeah. if I think if the Twins can go and get somebody like him. Yeah, they're they're a couple of bullpen pieces away from being interesting. The Indians are tied for second in the wild card. Of course they are. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's for sale. Everyone's available. Uh, I don't know. Like, and this this could totally be my, you know, my biases setting in. I think Minnesota's a great story. I think they're well managed. I think they've got a collection of really great players. I I don't where is who is the jugular? Like, who's the guy that's Jose, coming in? Jose Barrios. Is he? I haven't seen it. I mean, he's been really good. Cool. I haven't seen it. Well, that's the point. The The point for the Twins is they have a bad history in the playoffs of losing early. Yeah, but I don't I, I don't like that. Were any of these guys on that team? Sure, maybe a couple, but it, it's a different team. I don't necessarily like that. But I see what you mean. I uh, just haven't seen it. What, what, I if just, I just get, what if they go get their Verlander? If they go get their Verlander, then I will recant all this. But until they do that... I am not super sold on that. The, I mean, who's their killer? Nelly Cruz, Boomstick? Oh, it's probably <laughs> John shaking his head. Yes, love no, you. I'm I'm serious. Love that, you, Nelson Cruz. I, I miss you. I'm serious. Nelly Cruz is probably the most clutch guy. I mean, he's been to a World Series. He's been a leader on Bu- teams. Buxton before. was having a great year till he got hurt. So Max he, Kepler's having a good year. You've got Eddie Rosario's having a good Rosario's year. Rosario's good. But I've never seen anybody do this when it really matters. That's because they haven't been in the playoffs. I haven't had that chance. Oh, that's why I'm worried. Sure. No, you I know who can that. do it? George Springer. Right. Alex Bregman. Right. I mean, I hate Josh Reddick, but he can do it too. Right. Yeah. Um, and 
I mean, the Yanks, I could maybe argue the same thing because I haven't seen any of those guys do, but there's just so much talent on that team that it's well, hard to a, count them out. So let's go to Mike. Is, are the Yanks for real this year? I mean, you. I remember last year, you know, you were kind of up front saying, ah, it's really not their year. I know they're there. They're in contention. Doesn't feel like their year. Does this feel like their year? Or are there it, still, there's still questions, especially on the mound? I think there's always going to be questions. Thank you for the leading question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's always going to be questions, but it feels way more legit this year. I mean, I, I I think I brought this up last week or it might have just been off the air, but they were playing the Blue Jays and Paxton got hit hard in the first two innings, gave up five runs. It's five nothing. And last year, the year before, I would have been like, oh, well, lost game, right? Maybe you get a, a fluke comeback, but five runs early, it's really deflating. This year I went, okay. And I looked back in two minutes and I found, or not two minutes, in two innings, it was 5-3. And I looked back in another inning, it was 5-5. Five, five. And the Yankees won that game 7-6. So... With the lineup that can hit like that, I think it could be their year. Yes, they need a, they need another starting pitcher who's more trustworthy because a lot of their guys right now are uh, questionable. I think they could win a, a World Series with this rotation, but help is, is needed. Their bullpen's still really good. I do not trust Zach Britton at all, and Adovino's been in some trouble too. He had his number. Both their numbers are really good, but watching them pitch is a different experience. They're not going to make a bullpen move probably, but I'm a little nervous about that. But I think they could beat the Astros and win the World Series. Well, this year, and they yeah. they seem to me uh, they seem to me to have separated themselves from the Red Sox, who they were kind of neck and neck with last year. I think they're better than the Red Sox. And Got an eleven game lead on the Red Sox. Well, they won, and, I think, seven of their eight against them too. And Patrick, you know, mentioned the Astros, who we've seen do it before. But the one thing outside of Verlander, you take Verlander out, their pitching hasn't been. Awesome this year. Cole hasn't been very up good. Up and down, yeah. You know, they There's got some, no Dallas Keuchel. Right? He's not there. So Wade Miley's been their Keuchel this year. He's been actually pretty good. Yeah, but it's Wade Miley. I know. But. So, uh, you know. <laughs> he got I, the magic uh, spin rate from the Astros, though, when he got there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, if you, if you lined those guys up right now, toe-to-toe, in a seven-game series, well, speak- I, think, I think the Yankees should stand toe-to-toe and punch with them. Well, speaking of the magic spin rate, everything I'm hearing is the big rumor is that Trevor Bauer goes to Houston. That's that's the rumor I've heard for weeks now, See, that, they, that they want Trevor Bauer, sure. which is hilarious how he's going to walk into that locker room and right. say, hi, my name's Trevor. Hi, my name's Alex. Let's right. get along. Right. <laughs> so that's uh, going to be Verlander, Cole, and Bauer as your top three? Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't want to face that. Yeah, <laughs> no, nobody does. But I think as we we kind of talked about, I think you know mentioned the twins and things. I think I think this year, whatever happened, I think this could be a year where the big deadline deal really swings that balance of power. And if if they get somebody like that from Cleveland, um, that's that's pretty formidable. I just but it, do, it does it does feel like Yankees Astros collision course. It does for sure. For sure, it the, does. the Rays might have something to say about that. The Twins might have something to say about that. I mean, but hell, the American League, hell, that's what it feels right like. now, dude. The Indians, the A's, and the Rangers could have something about it. And Boston's only two games out. Can Can I just throw this out there? Anybody that's contending, the missing piece might be a little third baseman. The Seattle Mariners have. So <laughs> let me the, show you some highlights from Mariners, 2009. The he Mariners, is awesome. <laughs> I've shown a uh, willingness to eat some salary. So if anybody out there is interested, you may want to come take a look at Kyle Seager. Starting at third base for the New York Yankees, number oh, 20. that'd make me so happy. <laughs> that would make me so happy. All right. When we come back, we'll kick off the second hour. I want to swing over to the National League. Can anyone catch 
the Dodgers, and we'll do that next. There's Big John in the house, Mike Lynch. I'm Patrick Harris, the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.